air and online at 960thebull.com. Your home for CBS Sports Radio, WRNS Kinston, Sports Talk 960 The Bull. CBS Sports Radio. And welcome to Hour 2 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. I am Brian Hanks. Today is Tuesday, August the 15th in the year of the Lord 2023. This is Hour 2 of uh today's show this is episode 907 of the brian hank show presented by our good friends over at lenore community college if you missed our first hour we kind of mixed things up on you for a little bit so if eight o'clock is your usual hour that you join us and you're waiting for our big interview well we've already done it we had our big interview with matt beeman of arendel parrot academy we broke down man we just did a comprehensive breakdown of the arendel parrot academy uh, football schedule we looked back at last year's state championship season their 11 and 1 season uh they lost the first game of the year then were perfect the rest of the way we uh talked about uh just that amazing season they had last year. We look to this year, which has a completely different look. John Paul II not on the schedule this year. Three new teams in the conference. Uh, as you heard Coach Beeman say, 23 teams now playing eight-man football in the state of North Carolina. And it looks like there's going to be even more over the next few years. And uh, Parrot Academy, of course, as they have been uh, uh, for pretty much the entire tenure of Matt Beeman at Arendelle Parrot Academy. Uh one of the favorites to win the eight-man championship again this year. Uh, not the favorite, though, as uh, Wayne Christian uh, was picked by the coaches to uh, win this year's title. But you know what? All that does is just make Parrot Academy hungry. But, if, again, if you missed that first uh, uh, if you missed that first uh, hour, you missed a really fun hour with uh, our good friend Matt Beeman of uh, Arendel Parrot Academy. Uh, did a really good comprehensive preview of this year's schedule, too. And I've, I've got to tell you, very excited. We've already, we're already scheduled for two and maybe even three games. If, uh, if memory serves me from uh, Jason Bryan appearing on uh, last week's show and telling us about that. But uh, I'm telling you, you guys are uh, – Parrot Academy going to have another good season and very thankful to uh, Matt Beeman for joining us here in our first hour. But what does that mean? That means our regular Tuesday guest who joins us in the first hour, he will be joining us here in just a couple of minutes. It's uh, the news editor of the Carteret County News Times and Carolina Coast Online.com, Richard Clark. He will be joining us here in just a couple of minutes. And, man, we've got a lot to talk to him about. We've got about Brandon and the uh, USA team as they are getting ready for the uh, – uh, the, uh, I keep wanting to call it the tournament of the Americas. It is definitely not the tournament of the Americas. It's the, uh, uh, the world, uh, the FIBA world, uh, championships. And Brandon is a leader on that team. So very excited to talk to uh, rich about that, but we're going to delve into some NFL talk too. Uh, and I, I can't wait to talk to rich about that. I'll tell you what, before we do that though, let's thank a couple more of our sponsors here. Uh, want to thank uh, our good friends over at Woodman life. I've had my life insurance with Woman Life for more than 10 years. I absolutely positively could not be happier with it. I know if something bad happens to me, those I care for, yes, I'm talking to you, Linda, are going to be very well taken care of. The beauty of Woman Life, though, isn't just the peace of mind that I have with it, but that it's an organization that truly cares for our community is evidenced by its donations of American flags to every group, organization, church or government agency that needs one here in eastern north carolina thank you so much to danny rice to jared edwards and woodman life for sponsoring the brian hank show 
you need a good life insurance quote or even financial advice, uh, call Jared, one of the good guys out there, at 252-361-2414, or visit him at 1136 Highway 258 North in Kinston. Now, that's beside Highland Furniture and across from Sale Auto Mall. And I promise you, Jared will take as good care of you as he has taken care of me through the years. Uh, so give him a call. Hey, also want to thank the Kenston Police Department. Uh, they are recruiting police officers right now. If you've ever wanted to be a police officer, if you want to make, uh, you want to have a good living, 40, I believe it's $41,000 a year that the Kenston Police Department, a beginning police officer, makes here in the city of Kenson, you need to give Sergeant Moody a call at 252-939-3208. You can uh, work for uh, one of the good guys out there and Chief Keith Goyette. I uh, got a chance to hang out with him last week uh, for a few minutes and just forgot how much fun he is, what a good guy he is. He's a faithful listener to the Brian Hanks show too. Uh, Chief Goyette, we appreciate you for that too. But uh, listen, you want to be a police officer, You've, it's been a dream of yours. This is your chance to do it. Give Sergeant Moody a call at 252-939-3208. You can be a Kenston police officer, and uh, they will get you on the road to that. Now, it doesn't happen overnight. You just can't call them. Then the next day, you're a police officer. You've got to go through BLET. You've got to go through all the training. But I tell you what, it will be absolutely worth it when you do it. And again, thank you to the Kenston Police Department for being one of our sponsors. Tell you what, let's get Richard Clark up here on the line with us as a uh, man. I've got a lot to talk to him about today um, in our, uh, I guess we're going to have him for about 30 minutes or so here on the show today. But uh, again, thank you to all our day one sponsors, man. Uh, Lenore Community College. UNC Lenore Healthcare, Goico Office Automation, Spence Automotive, Woodman Life, Rendell Parrot Academy. Uh, appreciate every single one of those, and especially all our other sponsors, too, that are going to be joining us here for football season also. Could not do the show without them, and we do appreciate every single one of them. Richard Clark uh, joins us now from the Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. I got to tell you, dude, this even though it's just – you know, really just 40 minutes later or 45 minutes later, it just has a completely different feel when you join us here in the second hour, doesn't it? <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it, I mean, it is a complete, it feels, it feels a little bit odd. It's like, you know what? It's like when you go to bed and you sleep on the other side, you know, I mean, you're, you're so used <laughs> to sleeping on one side and you get on the other side and you're like, it's the same bed, like this is the same show, but we're on the we're we're just on opposite sides. But uh, hey, we'll we'll still have fun with it, won't we? Yeah, we'll make it work. There you go, <laughs> dude. We've got so much to talk about that we've got to fit into this thirty minutes or so that we've got to. But I got to tell you, we worked together when the Blind Side came out, and I remember, and I vaguely remember you, but I know for a fact I was pounding this drum and banging this drum of. I got to tell you, man, I had this feel that it just, it made me cringe, man, when I watched The Blind Side and, and, you know, everybody loved it. Everybody was a fan of it, except for you, if I remember correctly, Rich. <laughs> and I, and I was the same way too. And I kept saying, this, this is even before people were using, you know, white entitlement and, you know, and all this kind of stuff, but man, what has come out in the last couple of days with Michael Orr, and it looks like he was basically that he is being ripped off and, or that he was ripped off, continues to be ripped off. And he's trying to, uh, dissolve that conservatorship that, uh, that family has with him. 
I just wanted your view, dude. I talked about it in my monologue in the first hour. So, uh, folks, if you are reader, or readers, listeners, if you miss me talking about it, just go back and you listen to the first hour. I won't bang the drum again of what I said. But, Richard, I remember you being one of the vocal people that were against the, the blind side and just how, again, how cringy it was and all that. I just, dude, I'm turning it over to you. Are you surprised at all about uh, these developments in the last 24, 48 hours about this? I am not. And, and look, let's, let's put a couple things on this. First off, this is the, the very best version was the Sandra Bullock, Tim McGraw version. Am I correct in saying that? Yeah. You know, they probably painted them in the best light possible. And in, even in that light, you still, if you not buying all the Kool-Aid, you kind of go, hmm. But there's a line in that movie. They're riding around and the daughter's in the car and uh, Michael Orr is in the car, and they're talking about Taco Bell and Tim McGraw owning all the Taco Bells. And the girl says, well, you don't go to work. And Tim McGraw said, well, I oversee. And, and mm. something along those lines. Mm. And, and I, think, I think that whole little exchange sheds a whole light on who they actually are. And I'm not sitting here saying they're necessarily bad people. Although if they don't, if Michael Orr didn't see any of that money from that movie, then they are bad people, period. No, so. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. And, and again, I remember, you know, people I hung out with at the time and they were just all like, oh my gosh, you know, the blind side, it's the greatest movie ever. And you talk to folks even now and they say, <laughs> And, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it, Rich. And if I get in trouble, I guess I get in trouble. But you know what? It seemed to me it was... It was a bunch of white folks who thought that, you know, the blind side was the greatest movie ever and all that. And, and I, and I'm not trying to say those people are racist or anything like that, but no, 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 again, we're not going there. Again, I'm really not, I promise I'm not, but still, when you talk to black folks about the blind side, they were very uncomfortable with it. And like I said, it, to me, the entire movie was cringy at best. Other than uh, Keith Spence keeps wanting to make the point. He keeps texting me saying, uh, Sandra Bullock looked really, really hot. And I don't think any of us can disagree with that. No, nah, uh, she was throwing, she was throwing about <laughs> mid nineties in that, you know, she was doing pretty well. Although I, I, I don't know about you, but growing up in the South, I know that girl. Yeah. And uh, I wouldn't have dated her in the first place. So, <laughs> well, I got to tell you, I can't speak for you, but she wouldn't have dated me either. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> that's true. I mean, I'm not saying that for you cause dude, you've got worldwide appeal, but, uh, dude, yeah. Dude, okay. <laughs> but, uh, that, that, that Sandra Bullock character would never have even looked twice over at Brian. Okay. And, and look, I, I'm sure there's ladies out there that have a lot to say about Tim McGraw. So, you know, right. <laughs> Who, by the way, is there anybody in the world that looks completely different with a hat on and a hat off than Tim McGraw? No. He brings on a, a completely new identity when he's got a hat on, doesn't he? You know, right. I'll, I'll mean, give you – no, 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 no. I got another one. Garth Brooks. You see Garth yeah, Brooks yeah. without a hat, and you're like, who the heck That's is that point. fat? Who the heck is that fat dude? Then he puts a hat on, and he looks cool as heck, dude. Yeah, I guess that's the cowboy hat thing. <laughs> Yeah, I don't wear a cowboy hat, so, you know, I wouldn't know. Yeah, Rich, I don't either. Man. In fact, I, you know what? I have never owned – I'm 54 years old, dude. I have never owned a cowboy hat. Have you ever owned one? You probably have, though, haven't you? <laughs> I had dated a girl once. Like I said, <laughs> knowing this girl, knowing Sandra Bullock's character, I dated this girl once that actually bought me some cowboy boots and a hat. Wow. Like I was going to put those things on and look like I was killing cockroaches in the corner. 
You put them on so, there, didn't you? I wore them one time. <laughs> please, for the love of all that is good and holy, Richard Clark, please, please, please tell me there's a photo of that somewhere out there. <laughs> I hope not. If there is one, she's got it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, s- send me her uh, number or contact uh, later. I got to get a. I got to get that picture. Okay. Yeah, we can we can work on that. <laughs> there you go. Richard Clark from the Carteret County News Times, Carolina Coastonline.com joining us. And again, uh just uh just to put a wrap on that a whole Michael Orr thing, dude. Uh, it just in all seriousness. I, I'm going to uh, please go ahead. Go ahead. I'm I'm going to reserve complete judgment until I see exactly what okay. everything says. Um I like I said, to me everything is irrelevant except the money. If he didn't see any of that money, come on, man. Then you then you swindled him. Simple as that. Because um, that that isn't even how that's supposed to work. Hold on, so, I'm googling how much money did. Not to mention the adoption thing, which is a little bit shaky too. That you're claiming you adopted him, but you didn't actually ever do that. That seems weird. Jesus Christ! But, you know, I want you to guess. Don't look it up. Don't look it up. I want you to guess how much money do you think the blind side made? Three sixty. Oh wow, you a lot more now. Three oh nine. 309 is yeah. what we're saying, but no, dude, you're, uh, I and you made thought, it for what about 50, 60 million. Uh, it's probably there in Wikipedia. That's what I, how much did, uh, I can't spell. Did it cost to make blind side? Uh, Oh dude, 29 million. Yeah. And Sandra probably got 20 of that. Well, which I'll get, listen, if there's somebody I don't blame for this, I Sandra Bullock, all she did was read a script and no, uh, no, no, she got nothing I'm to do more, with it. I'm mad at the uh, the family who it looks like right. more and more, yeah, who looks like right. more and more that uh, they uh, ripped this kid off. Well, and and I'll say this too: everybody that's saying, "Oh my God, where'd this come from?" Anybody in sports knows that's not exactly right. Michael Orr has been complaining about that for a while now. Um, it goes back to when he was still playing. Uh, he never had a lawsuit or anything of that nature, but there were some grumblings from him about uh, that story wasn't correct and things of that nature. So you can go back and find the stories. Most of them are about him. Um, so this is not new, anybody that's been involved in sports at all. Well, the thing that bothered me the most about it was, and this is the number one thing that bothered me the most, Rich, was that they tried to make him, and they did, they tried to make him look like this kid who, you know, uh, you know, probably a low IQ type kid who, uh, again, all you got to do is watch a movie. They just, they make him, I'm just going to say, they make him look like a dumb kid and he was anything but if you see interviews with him and when now, I mean, he is a, I'm not saying that, you know, he was a straight A student or anything like that, but he was a lot smarter than they uh, played him in the movie, dude. And that bothered me. That was the thing that bothered me the most was seeing the interviews because I was. And you you and I were hanging out there and we were, you know, friends. Or not that we're not friends now, but you know what I'm saying. We worked together at the Free Press then and we were talking a lot then. But they tried to make him look like this, uh, just this dumb kid when he was anything but that. I mean, he worked to get himself out of that situation. Did that family help? I guess they did some. But then to just use him the way they did and – to make as much money as off him as they have, I don't know, dude. It just it, it smacks of stuff that I just don't words that I really don't want to say, you know. Well, you delved into what sells on the movie screen and 
we've seen that particular movie how many times? I don't even know. I mean, there's yeah. Hardball and there's, you know, all these movies where we go rescue whoever we rescue and then all of a sudden put them in this world and make them the greatest thing since sliced bread yeah. um, with our help, of course. Like I mean, I said, that's kind of the movie. Well, it spoke volumes to me again that uh that my black friends didn't like it and they you know they were offended by it and you know what you got you got to take that stuff into account man i mean you really Absolutely. do and anyway so uh, i hope he get takes them for every dime that he is owed and more for damages that's yeah that. like i said we'll see in the coming weeks cuz you just know if if there's a side that's got their t's crossed and their eyes dotted it's going to be that other side that you know the family, you know, they got their lawyered up and everything else. So, well, I hope he's we'll got see him. what happens. Oh, you're right, you're right, and I hope he's got him some good lawyers too. Okay, enough about that, uh, dude. We are going to talk a little more NFL than than NBA today, if you don't mind, Rich. Okay. And, uh, here's the one that uh, I, I got to tell you, I thought about you. You're the first person I thought about when it went across the ESPN scroll last night that Ezekiel Elliott is set to join the New England Patriots. And I'm not even picking on you or anything like that, dude, but it's it's the same thing like for me when, you know, when I saw a player, when I've seen players that have played for my team for years and years go to somebody else. I got to tell you, that had to put a little pang in your heart when you saw Ezekiel Elliott set to join the New England Patriots. Well, I'll I, I tell you what I told my Patriot friends in, in my life. Mac Jones is going to love him. And I'll say this completely honestly I think that he's the best running back pass protector in the league Wow! period and I think he still is I was hoping that we could bring him back but I guess that hard feelings etc cetera, etc cetera, got in the way of that um, because I think he still can offer a lot to the team is he a dynamic running back um, running the football anymore no he's not I mean let's be realistic unless he was hurt he could have been hurt uh, if you look at the first half of the season last year, he was pretty good, and then he got hurt. So maybe he was hurt. We'll see. Um, running backs don't typically retread very well. But as far as short yardage and, and getting in the end zone and pass protecting, which in today's day and age is pretty important stuff, Zeke is still good and still better than a lot of guys. It's just that the running back position has been devalued the way it has. Thank you, dude. Hey, hey, that was one of my next questions to you, Richard, and I've got my, my little script here. Are running backs important in the NFL any longer? But we'll get to that in a second because I do want to finish talking about Ezekiel Elliott. And I'm with you. I think you're going to see he and uh, Ramondre Stevenson in uh, a lot of two-back sets where uh, one of them will get the ball maybe, but the other one will be protecting uh, Mac Jones. Here's what breaks my heart, dude, and and I told you this last year. I think we talked about this here on the air uh, when they did uh, Hard Knocks with the, with the Cowboys, and you got to see Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott, and they seemed like – and I said this as a total compliment. They seemed like two little, you know, 11-year-old boys, uh, you know, playing uh, – uh, you know, little league football or something like that. They they had a genuine affection for each other. You could tell that they were really good friends. That's the part that kind of hurts my feelings a little bit because you you could really tell Dak and Ezekiel or Dak and Zeke they really loved each other. And I hate that they broke that up, dude. Yeah, you know, I, it's funny because we tend to give teams a, a pass when they play hardball, as it were, as in treating it like a business. And then when the players do that, we tend to pile on them that they're being greedy. 
Um, and and it's we've seen it time and time again play out. So I, it's not even worth arguing that point. So I hate to see it. I was hoping we could bring him back. That's the truth of the matter. But that contract was a beast. Um, and see, it's typical in leadership of that nature. Jerry made a mistake, and then he doubled down on the mistake and made another mistake. Um, you know, we should have never put that sign into that kind of money to begin with. And then instead of trying to work something out, you know, both sides at that point were entrenched and he cuts it, waves it. So now what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Oh, so I you know, kind of I bit know. off your stay face to smite your nose. Well, I tell you what, and I can, I, I think I can speak for you when I say this, Rich, uh, October 1st is going to be a, a big day and, Cowboys land when uh, the New England Patriots visit the Dallas Cowboys, and that is a 425 game. So you know that'll be the national game that day. It's oh just, God, yeah, dude. I I got dude. Tell the truth now. Don't don't be all manly on me here, Rich. Uh, they're going to be uh, uh, some tears in uh, Richard Clark's eyes when you see Ezekiel Elliott in a Patriots uniform at uh, at AT and T Stadium. I won't be thrilled, no. I won't be thrilled. And to be honest with you, it'd probably come back to bite us like it often does. That said, we're pretty loaded on defense. So, you know, honestly, I'm kind of like bring it on at this point. If we were the defense we were three years ago, I'd be worried. But um, we're pretty loaded on defense. So if everybody's still there and we haven't lost a bunch of guys to injury, I look forward to it. Yeah. Well, Michael Parson is the uh, – is it Parson or Parsons? Parsons. Yeah. Uh, is uh, one of the best players in the NFL, and uh, and if he stays injury free, I think he's going to be the best uh, the best defensive player in the NFL for the next half decade. Don't you? I, I can't believe that the, the players voted nine guys ahead of him. Yeah, oh, I that's know. what I can't believe. I don't know what that's about. Maybe maybe the quarterbacks, you know, Mahomes and Burrow, but once you get outside of them, I, I've said it before. There's somebody put a fake trade, you know. Cowboys fans, would you trade uh, Parsons and Dak for and a pick for Mahomes? And I said no, honestly, because I want Parsons. Yeah. Not because of Dak. I want Parsons. I've said it. You know I've said it from the yes, beginning. you have. You have. This is, it's the closest thing to Lawrence Taylor that I've seen since Lawrence Taylor's been playing, period. I think Parsons, barring injury and all that, has a chance to be one of the great greats. Right. And we don't say that very often. No, I, I agree with you 100%. Let's stay on uh, the running back side. Dalvin Cook looks wow, like that a, could be big. How big is that? That's what I'm saying. Uh, joining the well, uh, New York Jets on a one year deal. Listen, we're not talking about, and I'm not denigrating Zeke here or anything like that, but dude, Zeke was already in his uh, downtime. Okay. I mean, right. he, he's, a, he's closer to retirement than he is at the beginning. Dalvin Cook, not so much. Dalvin Cook had a great season last year, dude. Was one of the best. And, and, yes, I know I'm a fantasy football geek, but, dude, he was one of the three or four best running backs in the game last year. And just because of contract situation, that's they uh, they decide not to bring him back to Minnesota. Of course, having uh, Madison uh, really helps that out, too, who I, I thought was probably the best backup last year in the NFL, uh, definitely in the running back side. But, uh, dude, I the Jets already one of the best, I think, uh, you know, adding Rodgers, adding some of the players and then some of the players that are coming back, I think they're one of the five or six best teams in the NFL right now anyway. Dude, you add Dalvin Cook to that mix, man. 
Dude, did that just push the Jets over the edge of uh, maybe winning the no. AFC? Okay, go ahead. No, I don't think the Jets are. Look, I say all this to say that we played the Cowboys played the Jets the second week of the season, and we will lose to the Jets because we don't never beat Aaron Rodgers. But that being said, the Jets have not addressed their biggest problem, and it showed up in that preseason game. Their offensive line is terrible. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. You know, this isn't fantasy football. And you would think these GMs would know this. And you're going to spend this money to get these receivers and Aaron Rodgers and Dalvin Cook. That's fine and dandy. But you need somebody to block for them, at least adequately. Um, I don't know, man. I don't see it. They were playing three of their five starters, and they looked terrible. Now, you know, it's preseason. Maybe they didn't care, you know, all that kind of stuff. I just questioned that a 39-year-old quarterback, isn't that what he is, or is he 40 already? No, he's 39, yeah. A 39-year-old quarterback is going to be able to get go through 16 games with an offensive line that's questionable at best. Uh, really, uh, that seems a stretch. Well, because uh, he's not a he's not Brady. You know, we all forget Brady was able to do that because Brady get rid of the ball. He didn't care. Yeah. Just throw it in the ground. <laughs> Rogers is not that guy. Rogers runs around and tries to make plays. Uh, that'll get you killed with no offensive line. So we'll see. How good do I, you I don't, think? I don't, we're going to be doing this over the next few weeks, not starting today, but starting next week, Rich. We're going to uh, do what we did last year, where we take on a couple of divisions, and we're you're going to we're going to do the Richard Clark ceiling floor game that we played last mm-hmm. year, dude. Uh, so be ready for that next week, dude. As we'll uh, tell you what, I'll go ahead and now we'll do uh, AFC uh, East and NFC East next week. Uh, okay, but we'll do a ceiling floor next week, starting with you on Tuesday. But uh, but to tease that a little bit, I mean, where do you see the Jets? What what do you think best case scenario right now for the Jets with all these players, all these great names that they have signed? Their, their absolute best case scenario is that offensive line is mediocre, and Aaron Rodgers plays sixteen games, and I think that puts them in the position to win the AFC East, depending on what happens to Tua and what happens to the Patriots as a whole. Because that's a tough division. But it could very well turn into an easy division for somebody because, you know, the quarterback position in New England is shaky. And we've all seen what happened to him. So can he play eight games? You know, I I don't know. You know, I'm with you. um, That'll make an interesting ceiling floor, that whole division. Because there's all those teams could win it, but they could all bottom out. Well, I'm not so sure, and maybe we're doing a little tease of next week's, uh, you know, as we started next week. I'm not so sure the AFC East isn't the best team, in, or the best team, the best division in football, dude. I mean, when you look, dude, the Bills, I mean, with Josh Allen and everything they've yeah, got. Yeah, I didn't even want them. Yeah, I know, right? And uh, the Miami Dolphins, like you said, if Tua stays healthy, I think they've got a possibility of, uh, of, of doing special things. Uh, the New York Jets, I mean, God knows they've thrown millions, tens of millions of dollars and improved all their uh, – I mean, and dude, you got to remember they had the AFC Rookies of the Year in, in uh, D, on defense and on offense. Yeah, last their, year. their defense is what I, I'd want to I want to see on the big stage. You know, their defense was really good last year uh, on paper and analytically, but they didn't really play anybody, and a lot of those games didn't matter. Yeah. I want to see that defense perform on the big stage. Um, the Bills, doesn't it feel like they might have missed their window? But, I, you know, it's Josh Allen, man. Are we really going to say, <laughs> no, 
I don't know. You know what I mean? I mean, at the very least, he's what the third or fourth best quarterback in the league at this point. Uh, in fact, I would so, be afraid to say maybe even second. I mean, I I think Mahomes is the best. I mean, I don't know. There shouldn't be that many disagreements about that. But I think Mahomes is the best, and then I think Josh Allen is second. I mean, I yes, yeah, I like Josh. I got Burrow, Burrow, but yeah, yeah, but Burrow's hurt though, man. I mean, yeah, I think man. Burrow might be a little bit more hurt than than he's letting on, dude. You think so? Yeah, you think so. Well, I want to hit this question before uh, we uh, – God, we got to get some basketball talk in, especially with Brandon and the FIBA team. But i got to ask yeah. you this. What has happened with running backs in the NFL, Rich? And I'm not just talking – I know my fantasy football people are probably rolling their eyes when I say it right now because still some of the best players, obviously, in fantasy football are the, the running backs. But, dude, running backs have become almost interchangeable, man. I mean, when you look at Jonathan Taylor, who just – was amazing two years ago and still uh depending on what's going on with his ankle right now i still think it's one of the best four or five players altogether in football man running back has just been devalued in the nfl hasn't it well i think one is because you had a plethora of guys coming in you know because it was the glory spot for so long that you get a lot of guys playing that position in high school that are the best player on the team so you know you you ended up with a lot of talent in that position particular position but then you also that coincided with the the passing age renaissance so to speak and what you're seeing today is the same thing that happened to the NBA centers they're just not as important as they were this is not and there's so many of them that you know you can replace I mean look if I came to you after Zeke's second year and said this guy, Tony Pollard, is going to take his position. What would you have said? Wow. I would have laughed at you. Absolutely. Right. right. When when Le'Veon Bell held out, we all were like, oh, man. Well, Pittsburgh led the league in rushing or was pretty close right after that. So, you know, I just think that we've seen it play out time and time again. E- to bring it home to ECU, Chris Johnson went for 2K and honestly was never the same. Yeah. Um, and, and you see this happen over and over. I just think the punishment these guys take over time, you can see it pile up. And then they get to the point where they can't get away from that first guy and that make that first tackle or miss. And once that happens, they're done, really. I mean, it's a shame to say it like that. But that's kind of the truth, isn't it? Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right, dude. Hey, uh, we, we've got about five minutes left. We've got to get in, dude. Absolutely got to get in some FIBA World Cup talk, especially with Brandon uh, Ingram on that team and as a starter for that roster. Uh, did you see the Spain game the other night, or is that the stupidest question I, I can't You know I watched it. <laughs> as soon as the World I watched came the Slovenia game, too. Oh, see, I didn't see the Slovenia game. Well, tell us right now what are your feelings about this team. I mean, yeah, we're still – well, there's still four or five uh, practice games or whatever you want to call it. Showcase games, I guess, they yeah, call yeah. before we actually get to the FIBA World Cup. But uh, your thoughts on this team to this point? First of all, from a local standpoint, I think it would be good for Brandon. I think there's several players that are going to really benefit from this um, down the road from a personal standpoint. This team is a little relying on jump shots, but I like what I see so far. They're playing together, which is unusual when you put a group of young stars together, generally you need that hierarchy of this is the guy, you know what I mean? Um, and this team doesn't have that really, but so far they've been pretty good about sharing the ball and, and playing as a group, as a unit. Um, 
I really like what I've seen so far. I'll put it that way. Now, Luca did not play against Slovenia, so they just doggy whipped them. Um, but Spain <laughs> had most whoa, of their whoa, guys. Whoa, whoa, whoa. They, they what them? Doggy they whipped doggy them? They doggy whipped them, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, dude. And and But Spain had most of their guys, and that was a good game for a little bit. But we have a lot of a lot of talent on that team. Austin Reeves looks good. Halliburton looks good. Uh, Brandon, you know, he's like I said, this is good for him, I think, to play with these guys. Jaron Jackson looks really good. Um, Paolo looks good. So I'm, I'm curious to see how far this team goes because this could be really the next step for a lot of these young players to become the next group of superstars in the NBA. Because we've seen this happen a lot with – uh, a couple of guys that play on the Olympic teams or whatever, you know, national team, and they take away from it some some really good benefit and come back better players. We've seen this happen. But here's what it, I, I don't know if it's impressive or I don't know what I don't know what, what adjective I would use to describe this, but not one of these players on this roster. I've got the roster right here in front of me. Were first, second, or third team All NBA this past year, dude? I mean, maybe Jalen Brunson was. Was Brunson a third team? Uh, I want to say so. I, I think he was. was I think he was. But Banchero, Mikael Bridges, Jalen Brunson, Anthony Edwards, Halliburton, uh, Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Cam Johnson, uh, Walker Kessler, two back-to-back former Tar Heels there, Bobby Portis, Austin Reeves. Dude, I can't believe none of the – you know, and I can understand, you know uh, – Oh gosh, uh, Steph Curry not being on the team or KD or somebody like that. But dude, this is as no name a Team USA as I remember in a long time. Am I? But okay, now, dude, I'm not the NBA fan that you are. We we clearly establish that all the time. But still, I'm just a a little blown away that uh, that they're really. I mean, dude, I would have to say probably the biggest names on this team. Definitely Brandon. I mean, Brandon, Jalen Brunson, after the season he had with the Knicks, outside of that, and I guess uh, Banchero, too, uh, you know, being the rookie of the year this past year. I don't know, dude. I guess I wanted you to speak to that, just the the no-name Team USA this year, dude. Well, I think they did a good job of creating some guys that want to be there and want to play, be a part of something. Um, The Austin Reeves, the Cam Johnson, some of those names you just spoke of. Walker Kessler, um, he's Walker just there because they need us. Kessler, dude. All I know is this, and I tweeted this out. Right now, Walker Kessler and his dad were right, and Roy Williams and all the Carolina faithful that supported Roy were wrong. That's all I can say. He's on the Olympic team, and, you know, where are those guys that played in front of him at Carolina? Yeah. Uh, dude, they're definitely not on the Olympic team or even right. on, or on NBA rosters, dude. That that's my point. So uh, somebody made a bad decision there. Yeah. Um, I'll say this as well. The player that I'm looking at right now that looks like might make that step is is Anthony Edwards. Yeah. He looks like a stud, and um, I think he might be the best beneficiary from a personal standpoint off of this team if this team is successful. Look, they go there and lay an egg in this thing and come back with a bronze or less or nothing. Uh, then this becomes a, a, a anchor around your neck. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's it kind of like it did Carmelo and that team that didn't win. But if they go there and win the gold, um, I think this is going to go a long way because Edwards is uh, – he's looked really good. He's been – honestly, he's looked like the best player on the team. 
Wow. Well, I thought Brunson yeah. would. Now, bear in mind, I've not watched all the games like you have. The only game I've seen, so talk about small sample size, was uh, that game against Spain. And Brun- I mean, dude, when you go nine for nine from the field, it's hard It's hard yeah. to do better than that, dude. Well, Brunson, <laughs> Brunson is the, the stabilizer, it looks like. You know, every team needs the guy that when things start going a little bit sideways, they're going to take care of what needs to be taken care of, whether that's make the pass or make the big shot, whatever that is. And Brunson seems to be that guy on this team because, like you were just saying, every time Spain made a run, it was Brunson who hit the shot, the big shot, or took him down in the lane and got free throws that stopped the bleeding, so to speak. But Edwards has made the, oh, my goodness, did you see that play? Yeah, you're right. You know, he's made a couple blocks where you're like, whoa. <laughs> How By the way, have you seen that kid play that reclassified himself? I have not. I have not. I, I know it just came Google out. Google that, and we'll talk about that at some other point. Okay, yeah, because we're up against it here. But I got to yeah, yeah. I, I gotta ask you this, though, because we've talked a lot of Dallas Mavericks because of Reggie, formerly playing for them. Now he's with the San Antonio Spurs. But I know when the Mavericks essentially got rid of Brunson or they didn't even attempt to really try to re-sign him going into last season, I didn't really think that much of it. Now, he had a great season with the Knicks, but then I thought, well, maybe, you know, that is because, you know, there's maybe a vacuum of talent there. Dude, it's turning out. Jalen Brunson's a pretty doggone good player, isn't he? Yeah, he's actually, you could point to him as a success story and one of the guys that had to struggle when he got there. Because if I'm not mistaken, he might have been a second-round pick, but I I don't want to say that for sure. Um, But he struggled out of the gate. It wasn't like he played a lot. And he systematically made himself better. And then he got the opportunity to play because they had some injuries and things like that in Dallas. And he really made a name for himself during their playoff run. So he, he has worked his way to where he is now. And it's, it's nice to see. Well, I'll just say this. Three years ago, dude, if you just said Jalen Brunson, I would have said who? And now he is uh, here he is emerging as uh, arguably – Oh, like you said, I'm with you. I think Anthony Edwards is probably the the best player on this uh, on this FIBA team, but Brunson is definitely up there, uh, challenging for second on that team for sure. Okay. Well, I think Brunson is the most consistent. There you go. There you which, go. Which you know matters. Well, very good. Listen, Richard Clark, Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. Thank you so much for uh, switching places with uh, Coach Beeman this morning as they are out there on the field in 90-degree heat at 8.30 in the morning getting ready for uh, their first game. I appreciate you uh, swapping places with them. We'll talk to you next week. Hey, next week we'll start uh, ceiling, ceiling floor with uh, Richard Clark. How about that? Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Dude, you're the best. That's Richard Clark from the Carteret County News Times, CarolinaCoastOnline.com. Let's play the birthday game. We'll come back. Wrap up uh, the Tuesday edition of the Brian Hanks Show right after that. It's Tuesday, August the 15th in the year of award 2023. How about this? Uh, John Dawson, you won yesterday's birthday game again. Uh, and you now lead three days to one. Let me, let me update this here, Dawson. Four, you won four to one yesterday. You lead. 13 to 7 in birthdays and 3 days to 1. What in the world is going on here in August? Uh, We're in the upside down, Brian. What kind of shirt you got on over there, Jonathan Massey? It looks very swimmy. Uh, it is Top Pro or something like that. It's, oh, it's a golf shirt. Yeah. Okay, I like it. it. It makes me want to like jump in the ocean, though. 
and not come back up? I'm confused. <laughs> no, it makes me want to go for a swim. Look at that shirt. I mean, it's I'm not denigrating. It's a nice looking shirt. It just makes me want to go I'll swim. I'll say this. You can, these things are always on sale at Belk. It's kind of Azadi looking, like an Azad golf yeah, shirt. It's like a, a polo type. It's kind of dry fit feel to it. Yeah. Which you love. So. I love everything. I, look what I got on right now. I got a Nike dry well, fit on right now. Well, top pro pants. Like, I just, they're. Tell them what it says on my sock. Nike. Dry fit. Crispy. Now, what does that say? I can't see it. Dry fit. Crispy. <laughs> why would my feet? Why would I wear something that says crispy? Why do you on wear it? socks that have more logos on them than a NASCAR? That's my question. He's There's a point. <laughs> they're inside the shoe. Well, not right now. They're not. The shoes yeah. will know. Yeah, but I don't have any shoes on, so you can sing them. Right Boy, now. don't I know it. <laughs> Go ahead and hit the button. You, right. you earned it. I'm not yeah. When you earn it, I don't hesitate to hit the button. Okay? Yeah, yeah. There you go. Okay, John Dawson, you won four to one yesterday, and pretty dominant performance so far here in the old month of uh, of August. Tell us a little bit about uh, our title sponsor of this here birthday game. That would be Jacques Passeleg, the uh, captain of Goico Office Automation. And uh, if you're thinking about starting a business, or even if you have a business and just want it to improve, if you want to retire early, you need to go see Jacques because he has the uh, the equipment and the know-how to uh, just thrust you into the uh, 24th century. Back to you, Brian. I like it. Uh, Jonathan Massey, you know how to get in touch with Jacques Passelig. How yeah. do we do that? I'm texting him right now and apologizing <laughs> that he has to be associated with us. Uh, mm. you, you can dial uh, 252. 252-286-286-53-53-54. Or you can visit his website at goeconc.com, whatisgoeco.com, or bucklesberry.com. Back to you, Brian. Okay, I don't know what that music is. It's not uh, our song. Sounds like somebody tied up in a trunk yelling for help. Oh, God, man. What, what have they done to this song? Who is this? This is Kygo and Whitney Houston. Who, what are you looking for? Uh, Steve Winwood? No. I'm listening for this. Michael McDonald. No. He's uh, the founder, one of the vocalists, guitarist, and songwriter for this band. Not a guitarist, keyboard player. No, this isn't uh, Michael McDonald. That's the guy singing. That's usually what you go by. Oh. Is that Michael McDonald singing right there? Yeah. Five, four, five, yeah, that's Michael McDonald. Give me one that Tom Johnston sung. Okay. Doobie Brothers. The singer is not everything. I promise you. Like with you too, you, the edge is much more interesting. Spoken like a true guitarist. That's right. There you go. Uh, Doobie Brothers. Fine. I have no issue with them. I don't own any of their stuff, but pleasant enough. It's fine. Give me another dude. What's your favorite Doobie Brothers song? Um, Blackwater's fine. Oh yeah, you would identify that song by though by the wind chimes there at the very beginning, wouldn't you? Mm-hmm. God, this is a great song. I should have chose this one. He may sing lead on this. I don't know. Yeah, I think he does, because Skunk Baxter is the one that's in national security. Okay. Yeah, that's definitely not Michael McDonald. No. Love this song. This is a good one. Thank you. Thank you. 
Tom Johnston over there, uh, John Dawson. How old is he today? 78. You say 78? Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Oh, black water, keep on rolling. He said 78. What do you say, Jonathan Massey? Now I'm concerned because you very rarely overshoot on these, and my initial thought was 77. Mm-hmm. I'll just go with it, 77. He was born August 15th in the year of the Lord, 1948. So he is 75 today. Congratulations mm. there, Jonathan Massey. You take a one enough lead. Glad I didn't talk myself out of it. I hate that we've got to turn this down, but it is what it is. Uh, you lead one to nothing, Jonathan Massey. It goes to you. She's Grace of Will and Grace. It's She's got a fiery head of red hair. Oh, um. Fan. I am a huge fan. You think she We talked about good. this last year. Yes, I did. I talked about it last year. Oh, they say your name in that love, losing Sarah Marshall or something. Um, Hank Azaria says her name. Uh, Deborah, Deborah Messing. There you go. Deborah Messing, indeed. Today is Deborah Messing's birthday. Fan? She's attractive. She was funny on that show. That's the only thing I've ever seen her in. I don't think I've seen her in anything. I saw her in some movie, some cheesy rom-com mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, a misunderstanding leads to something. something. Imagine that. Know. Yeah, I know, right? But uh, Deborah Messing, I just, hey, unapologetically, I am a fan, huge fan. Deborah Messing over there, John Nathan Massey. Oh, it's my good crap. 59. You say 59. What do you say, John Dawson? 58. She was born August 15th, 1968. She's only 55 years old. So congratulations, John Dawson. You get that. It's now tied one to one. And I know you're a fan. I think I remember us doing her birthday last year. This next one, I think I know you're, I'm pretty sure you're a fan, Jonathan Massey. I don't even know if you know who she is, John Dawson. But she was a star of the Hunger Games franchise and X-Men. It's Jennifer Lawrence. I know she used to go on Letterman all the time. Oh, okay. Act like she didn't know how to string a sentence together for 10 minutes. Oh. What did I, I've seen her in something relatively recently. She's uh, been in. Um, what was that movie she was in with? Uh, she was in. She was with in Bradley. Silver, uh, Silver Linings Playbook. That was it. Silver Linings Playbook. She was, she was good in that. She was in a movie with Chris Pratt too. Where that Passengers or something like that. I didn't Whatever see that, but I did see Silver Linings Playbook, and she was actually, I think, nominated for an Academy Award in that. She's a she's a decent actress. She's a very good actress, I think. Uh, but I've I've never seen the Hunger Games or the X Men stuff, but. I, I, I know her from that though, but uh, and evidently she just put out a comedy. And it's supposed to be like one of, going back to the '90s kind of uh, mm-hmm. kind of comedies. Uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's I think it's kind of like a raunchy comedy yeah. type deal. I struggle with this, and I'm going to give the answer away. Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, well, wait a minute. It is uh, Dawson gets it first. Oh, it's one to one. So, do you have any? Uh, yeah, you said you know who Jennifer Lawrence is. Thirty-six. You say thirty-six. Thank what God. do you say, uh, John? I'm going to say 35. I struggle, though, because she's either 33 or 34 because she's about my age. She was born August 15, 1990. Okay. She's 33. There you go. And you lead two to one, Jonathan Massey, and it goes back to you. He's been Batman. He's uh, been in a bunch of different roles. And I wish I should have put the movie down that I liked him. He was, uh, it was The Accountant. Did you ever see The Accountant? 
He plays like a like Aspergers or a, uh, like like he's autistic, but he's a he's an assassin and an and an accountant. And by God, turn your brain off. <laughs> it was he's an assassin that doesn't want to leave the house. Does he just only kill mailmen? What what is no? That? <laughs> he's a he's an accountant for uh, like uh, uh, mafia. Yeah, for the mafia. Mm-hmm. And they know how to get to him and everything, and not in a bad. I mean, they just, and he's just like I said, he's autistic or Asperger's mm-hmm. or something like that, and you just don't mess with him because he has no emotions and he will kill you without even. He's an actor. Oh, 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 is it Christian Bale? <laughs> no, but a good guess. Ben Affleck. Oh. Ben Affleck. I gotta be honest. I can't with believe you. I went all that time and you're sitting there going, "Tell me who we're talking about." There Sorry. You go. Sorry. Yeah. I and I would have never pieced that together because I do not think of Ben Affleck as Batman, even though he's one of the two most recent ones. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was also one of the two worst Batmans. But. I don't know. I mean, I all you do know. is put on a suit and mumble. I mean, what's the? It's based on the script. Well, it's not his, it's if not it's, his fault. If it's down, to, it's down to the script, isn't it? Yeah. Well, mostly, but yeah. you know, that one Joe Schumacher made, no one could have been good in it. Is that the one where Jack Nicholson? It's one where they put Clooney in a suit and he looked like he was, you know, one of Andy Warhol's towel boys or something. What did you think about Michael Keaton, though, as a, as Batman? I thought he was great. I did, too. I, I thought it was an unusual choice that worked. And Jack Nicholson as a Joker. Yeah. It, it worked. It really worked. Mm-hmm. It was kind of cheesy, but Batman's... Well, no, wait a minute. At the, when those movies came out, people were worried that Tim Burton was making it too dark because people were used to the, the cheesy 60s TV show. Yeah. <laughs> and and now do. the one that they were saying is too dark, they're saying, oh, that's not... I mean, it's... That's what I just, just said. Just it let them be their own cheesy compared yeah. to the latest Batman, which was, what, yeah. Robert very, Pattinson? Or? Robert Pattinson. Yeah, it was very noir. Good Lord. I love that Talk one. about... Oh, you did? That's and I'm not even did. a superhero. Someone convinced me to go. They said, I bought your ticket. Come on, you're going. It was Prozac. And I actually... Okay. Well, he said it, it was noir, and I would like it, and I did. It was good, but it was... I didn't say I didn't like it. I just said mm. it was dark. Yeah. It was yeah. very dark. I mean, like... He didn't have a lot of the cool toys that the other Batman have. I don't know. Yeah, I, well, I'll say this. The reason I like the Christian Bale Batman so much was everything around him. Morgan Freeman, Heath Ledger. Um, God, who played Alfred? I can't think of his name. I can't either, but uh, but the British girl. guy, Kevin Spacey, does a great impression of him. Man, neither here nor there. Just Tom Hardy, all those guys, just great cast. Anyway, Ben uh, Affleck. Ben Affleck, uh, you. You lead two to one. Let's see if you can close 50, it out here. 55. You say 55. What do you say, John Dawson? 56. Ah, you went the wrong direction. He was born August 15, 1972. He's only 51. Wow. Yeah. So uh, you've already wrapped up the day. We'll still do one. You definitely. <laughs> You definitely need your calculators for this one, okay? I got you. I'm John. not going to put in any effort. I've already lost. You have already <laughs> lost. Uh, let's say it's Napoleon Bonaparte. <laughs> Every man has his Waterloo. There you go. And he definitely had his. He died in 1821. So he died 200 two years ago. Two years ago. Napoleon Bonaparte. Uh, John Dawson, you get to go first. He died how, 200 and how many? Two. 202 years ago. So how old would he be today? 262. You say 262. What do you say, Jonathan Massey? I'm going to go one over, but I legitimately I think 265 would be the better answer, but I'm going to say 263. Hey, how about August 15th, 1769? He would only be 254 today, wow. so he Rarely. lived 
He only lived to be 52 years old. Short man, had a short life. There you go. Uh, Listen, happy birthday to Napoleon. Also, some local birthdays here. Kenyari Fields, today is his birthday. They call him King Fields. He's uh, one of my one of my good friends, and I haven't haven't had lunch with you in a long time, King. We need to uh, get together and do that. Uh, today is his birthday. Today is a former office mate of yours, Melissa McCoy. She is. Uh, let's hold on. You know what? No, I'm not. I know how old she's going to be. This no, is we're a, not I, guessing how old she is. I just want you to. I know her how happy old birthday. she is exactly. Do you? Yeah. Go ahead. Am I going to be like on some hit list if I say how old she? She looks like she's thirty, but I yeah. know how old she is. Why do you know how old she is? Because I went to school, school together. together. There's my age. no freaking way Melissa McCoy is your age. Thanks, Brian. <laughs> Sorry. She is. She's not looking forward to this birthday. She told me that many times. She stopped aging at 30. I don't know why she's so worried about saying uh, she's 50. Hand to God, okay? I know we usually do the little comical, <laughs> she's only 23. I would have thought, and this, she, you know, she works for the Parks and Rec Department and uh, keeps all her notes for a Parks and Rec Commission. Mm-hmm. Hand to God, I would have said 38 years old. I'm not joking. Oh, my God, you've aged so much worse than she has. Okay. <laughs> She's only a couple years away from retirement. Her and Brian Dawson should that be retirement. That is impossible. Mm-hmm. Have you seen her guns? She work. You know what she does for lunch every day? She works out. Yeah. She goes to the gym and works out. Dude, not only is she beautiful, not only is she young looking, much younger looking than you are, John. All right, I got to go. <laughs> but, dude, she is also, she would kick my butt. If we got in a fight, I'm about well, to do it now. Yeah, <laughs> she's, uh, you'll do it for her, right? Yeah. She said that several times that she would kick Brian Hanks' butt. Did she really? Yeah. With with no provocation. I don't know what that was about. Golly, man, that is mean. Happy birthday, Melissa, and then uh, Shane Albee, uh, who's no longer doing our Thursdays here on the show, and I miss it. But uh, Shane Albee, today is his birthday. Uh, how how old would y'all want to guess for him? Sixty-two. <laughs> John. 61? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I think he's about my age, so I think he's... 70? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have been taking... Show. Melissa McCoy is seriously your age. Yes. I, I can't even wrap my... I, honest to God, cannot wrap my mind around that. Okay? It's not saying much. Anyway, listen. If your birthday is today like the youthful Melissa McCoy... Like the uh, energetic Shane Alby, like my dear friend King Fields, even like Napoleon. Can you give me a Napoleon Bonaparte uh, impression? Parlez-vous français? Ah, not bad, not bad. Have a great birthday. We will see you tomorrow on the birthday game presented by GoEco Office Automation. And we have no more old people in this country. No more old people. We shipped them all away, and we brought in these senior citizens. Isn't that a typically American 20th century phrase? Bloodless, lifeless. No pulse in one of them. A senior citizen. But I've accepted that when I've come to terms with it. I know it's here to stay. We'll never get rid of it. That's what they're going to be called. So I'll relax on that. But the one I do resist, the one I keep resisting, is when they look at an old guy and they'll say, Look at him, Dan. He's 90 years young. Imagine the fear of aging that reveals to not even be able to use the word old to describe someone, to have to use an antonym. And fear of aging is natural, it's universal, isn't it? We all have that. No one wants to get old, no one wants to die, but we do. So we better shoot ourselves. I 
started to emotional myself when I got to my 40s. Soon as I was in my 40s, I'd look in the mirror and I'd say, well, I, I guess I'm getting older. Older sounds a little better than old, doesn't it? Sounds like it might even last a little longer. But I still am getting old. And it's okay, because thanks to our fear of death in this country, I won't have to die. I'll pass away. Or I'll expire like a magazine subscription. If it happens in the hospital, they'll call it a terminal episode. The insurance company will refer to it as negative patient care outcome. And if it's the result of malpractice, they'll say it was a therapeutic misadventure. I'm telling you, some of this language makes me want to vomit. Well, maybe not vomit. Makes me want to engage in an involuntary personal protein spill. But now that I'm an old vector, I'm beginning to notice uh, some advantages to putting on a few extra years. The first one is, you never have to carry anything heavy ever again. Everybody wants to help an old huff. If you got a big suitcase or something like that, you know, you just kind of go like this a little bit. You say, yeah, could you help me with this? Say, yeah, hey, how far are you going? Indianapolis. <laughs> he wants to help and put him to work. Take advantage of people. Another nice thing about getting old is you can leave any social event early just by saying you're tired. <laughs> Works great with family members. Just turn to the person next to you and say, geez, I'm getting tired, you know? Oh, you're tired? Come on, Grandpa's tired. Grandpa's going to bed. Someone else says, but it's 7.30 in the morning. There's always one outside in the family. But the best thing about getting old is you're not responsible for remembering things anymore. Even important things. But it was your daughter's funeral. I forgot. You can even make believe you have Alzheimer's disease. That's a lot of fun. You look around the dining room table and you say, who are you people and where's my horse? Then you stare at your eldest son and say, Agnes, I haven't seen you since First Communion. So don't be afraid to get old. It's a great time of life. You get to take advantage of people and you're not responsible for anything. You can even make this your pants. They expect it. I haven't tried that yet, but I don't rule it out. I'm keeping my options open. Everything is on the table. Perhaps that's not the figure of speech I wanted right there. And a uh, little George Carlin there to end the uh, birthday game today. So thank you, uh, John Dawson, for uh, your, your great uh, production value there. Really do appreciate that. Okay, hey, uh, this is the end of today's episode of The Brian Hanks Show. Really appreciate uh, everybody joining us here today. Uh, again, I want to thank uh, Matt Beeman for joining us in the first hour, the head football coach of those Rendell Parrot Academy Patriots, the defending eight-man champions, and then Richard Clark here in our second hour along with John and Jonathan. F- <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Fun show today. 
How about tomorrow's show, man? Uh, scheduled to appear with us tomorrow, Michael Martin in our first hour. We're going to probably get one of our coaches and one of our Hall of Fame people also in the first hour there with uh, us and Michael, or with Michael and I. Then Bill Ellis on the phone in our second hour. It's going to be a fun, fun show tomorrow here on the Brian Hanks Show. Have a great Tuesday. We'll see you tomorrow on the Brian Hanks Show, presented by Lenore Community College.